Major League Soccer expansion is full steam ahead, but things keep popping up along the way. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, pounding a Red Bull, is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? Oh, nothing much, Garrett. It's uh, it's another crazy Thursday night at the SBI compound, and uh, you know I can tell you as rough a night as I might be having, I'm not having as rough a time is these people trying to get these expansion stadium deals squared away. I feel like this is what, like the, the fifth show in a row where we've had, we've either led the show or have had MLS expansion stadium issue talk. I mean, it's crazy to think that we, we can't go a week without something popping up. Well, you know what? It's, it's just part, it's par for the course when it comes to getting buildings built. I mean, you know, I think the, the, the stadiums that haven't had issues I mean, those are the exceptions to the rule. I mean, I, I, you know, having been around long enough to see a lot of these projects uh, be born and then and then come, you know, follow through. I mean, I can't think of many that didn't have some sort of issues. I mean, I can remember even, you know, Rio Tinto before they even built it. There, there were uh, there was opposition to it. Uh, Red Bull Arena, Lord knows, had all sorts of, of hiccups. Uh, the other day I found a scarf from a 2007 groundbreaking for the for the, the stadium and that stadium didn't open I think till 2010 so it just shows you uh you know what, what kind of issues can pop up there's politics there, there's uh you know finding the land buying the land you know everything that goes into to building a stadium I, I think I don't think people realize just how tough it is to pull it off especially uh it depends you know it, how the economy is doing how how the uh, the particular uh, city or market in question how they approach pro sports and 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 how much support you can get, mm-hmm. and I think the folks in for all all these expansion, all the next batch of expansion except Atlanta, who you know they they have Arthur Arthur Blank who who can you know name the price and 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 build a billion dollar facility that no one's going to say no to. Uh, New York's having some issues, obviously. Orlando's having some issues, and Miami's having issues. It's crazy. Well, speaking of Orlando, this is their issue. They're they're been negotiating with with this church, Faith Deliverance Temple, trying to buy this last piece of land. The land is valued at six hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Orlando offered one point five million to the city, but this church is requesting thirty five million dollars, which seems a little insane. And Orlando said, "You know, we'll raise that one point five million dollars." But now, you know, they're talking about going into and domain, kind of take that property. But I mean, for Orlando, man, Ivis, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, obviously, things in the long run will eventually work out for them. But I mean, it's another hurdle they're going to have to clear here to move on to the next step. Well, obviously, it's not a pretty situation especially when you have a church involved um but i gotta say i mean 35 million is a little ridiculous for a plot of land that uh is being priced out at at less than seven hundred thousand. now now obviously it's a church it's a house of worship there's there's obviously going to be uh sentimental value obviously you have the congregation and everything so they have to move they have to find a new location for a church so i know it's not easy so you know they're this the the seven hundred thousand or the six hundred just under seven hundred thousand, uh, the appraisal. I mean that seems really low. I got to say. I mean obviously, uh, when you're talking about having to move a church, I mean you can't put a that low a price tag on it. So I think from that standpoint, uh, you know maybe the church just decided to go really high on their bid. Thirty five million seems kind of crazy, but you know what? Hopefully it doesn't end up having to go to eminent domain because that those situations can get ugly and yeah. it, it, it would, it wouldn't get the project off on the best footing. I think, you know, hopefully they can negotiate, they can figure things out. And obviously it's the city that's involved with the, the negotiations. It's not 
the team directly. So just to just kind of be clear on that, uh, it's not Orlando that's kind of at the table directly uh, with the with the stadium, as far as I, as far as I know, with, with the church. So hopefully it gets sorted out. Obviously everything in Orlando is ready to go. Every other part of the land for that project is ready to go, except that plot of land where that church is. So hopefully they could square, uh, square it away and, and hopefully everyone can come away happy with, with the final verdict. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's the city is, is willing to go higher than their 1.5 million offer. And you're right. I mean, you don't want this to go to eminent domain because I mean, you just look at the bad publicity and just kind of the bad stigma that's around it. I mean, Orlando city is going to be playing their inaugural MLS season in the Florida Citrus Bowl, which is fine because no one else plays there. So at least they have, you know, a stadium locked down versus, you know, you know, the new New York team that doesn't even have a stadium at all. But speaking of I was teams that don't even have a stadium, I mean, it looks like everyone in Miami is teaming up together to oppose David Beckham's idea of that Port Miami Stadium. I mean, you're talking about mayors and vice mayors. I mean, all you had about 13 people kind of banding together saying that there is no way this stadium could go out the port of Miami. And, and once again, I mean, another issue for David Beckham and his group in Miami. Yeah, I think it's pretty funny when you have all these different mayors uh, and this and but yet this this location is in one specific place. Right. It's not like it's it's a location yeah. spread out over 13 cities. So what is it with this conga line of lawyer of mayors coming out, you know, whether they want ha- whether they want a piece of the action, they want a handout, you know, who knows what exactly is going on here. It, it just seems a, it just seems a little fishy. Um, no pun intended with it being a port, but uh, you know, I, I think they'll, I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll figure it out. I, th- I think uh, it's not a guarantee they're going to get that 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 site. I mean, I, I think most people saw that whole thing as a bit of a a bit of a wishful thinking situation from the beginning. It'd be great if they can get that, but. You know, I think it's going to be easier said than done. And who knows? Maybe if they they aim high, they shoot for that location, and it doesn't work out. They can go for a secondary option that, while may, it may not be as attractive, at least it'll get them a viable location in the market. And and look, I think most of us that you know follow the the league and follow this whole project would love it if it's in that location because it looks like it looks like just a perfect place for them to put that stadium. But you know what? If you can't find anyone to back it, then it's not going to happen. I, I just find it so interesting. I mean, there's an article where the Miami mayor defends David Beckham's stadium plan just a couple of weeks ago. Then you have all these mayors that are against it. It almost seems like the same New York situation where uh, uh, the, the, who, the guy, the guy from the Bronx. I can't, I can't remember his official title. But you know, a year ago he said, "Oh yeah, everything's going to work out great," and then all of a sudden he's like, "I don't know about this." It, it just. I don't know. It man. happens. It happens it's, all it's, the time. It man. does, it but it's just so bizarre. I mean, I can tell you, you know, from personal experience covering the Metro Stars and and now you know the Red Bulls on that beat for you know more than a decade. I remember, you know, they they the Metro Stars first trying to get a stadium project going in two thousand, and it took ten years, ten years for a project to even happen, and. It's funny because I, I remember writing uh, back in 2000, writing about Harrison, you know, small city in, in New Jersey that no one outside of the area has ever really heard of. Um, but I wrote about it as it being the perfect location. And and back then, uh, there were all these places that were supposedly pushing for this stadium. You had Newark. You had uh, – there was talk about putting it in New York City, which obviously never was close to happening. But it took 10 years for them to open to, – to find the place, to buy the land – get it all going and and now it's here and it's you know obviously it's a beautiful building 
Uh, it's taken a while for everything around it to get developed, which is which isn't a pretty picture when you when you go to the uh, venue. Uh, hopefully that changes in the next few years. But it ju- that project alone, just going through that and seeing everything and all the dirty politics and mm. planted stories. I mean, I saw newspaper articles that I knew were planted by um, opposition to the stadium. And you had the you know you had the people who ran Giant Stadium who didn't want this building to open because you know it, it was competition for their building. It, it was all all types of dirty stuff going on for the better part of a decade. And they finally got done. So after seeing everything that went into that, nothing surprises me with these projects. And and no one should be surprised that that all these things come out of the woodwork. All these politicians flip-flop. All these politicians that aren't even involved somehow get involved. All these people can you know decide they're against it even though you can't really get a legitimate explanation for what exactly they're against. I mean, it, it, it just – it happens. It's like a playbook. It's a playbook that comes with trying to build a stadium in, in, in pro sports. Yeah, I, I see. I mean, I feel like I might be too young to really have experienced any of this because, in, in, I mean, the other thing too is out here in, in Phoenix. I mean, you you bet on your right? I mean, there's, there's there's land everywhere, so I guess I don't think we've had major issues with this stuff in Phoenix. So this is this is a whole like new thing. I, I I guess to me it just seems so foreign that it'd be this difficult with with all these groups where one week they're with it, one week they're against it. It just well, everyone gotta, wants their piece of the pie, man. I, I well, just, you guys just got you guys just got electricity like five years ago. <laughs> you just got the internet like two years. So you know it's still we're, we're catching you're still up. catching up. You're still catching up. So <laughs> I hate you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, you, you like live in Dodge City. It's just uh, you know everyone still rides horses. Uh, some people out here still think that we're in the Wild West. I mean, you know, it's a right to bear arms state. So a couple guys. I mean, I'll see guys walk into like stores with you know. Guns on their side, cowboy hats, bolo ties. I mean, you still got some guys that like <laughs> they they still think that you know it's like gunfight at the OK Corral. They're stuck in the Wild West. I, I mean, I appreciate them, but it's just it's like bizarre. It's just it's I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, all right, Ivis. Enough enough stadium talk. I'm sure on Sunday night we'll have more to discuss with all this stuff. Maybe you know there might be a situation in Atlanta. Just kidding, everyone. Atlanta, take it easy. Uh, Ivis, it's MLS Week Nine. Time to move on. Preview. The games. FC Dallas is at home this weekend taking on, you could say, the red-hot New York Red Bulls who are looking really good as of late, courtesy of Bradley Wright Phillips. I would say FC Dallas at home with the way they're playing, Ivis, you got to say, hey, they look pretty good in this game. But this is an interesting one. Zach Lloyd is out and Michelle both out of the game due to suspension. You know, Kellen Acosta's out too. I mean, Ivis, FC Dallas at home, I mean... Good possibility New York could go in there and steal some points in this game. Well, it's funny because uh, w- what you started out saying is, is, is the Red Bulls are hot. But meanwhile, it's funny. I saw a headline somewhere. and I don't know who wrote the story or where it was, but someone called FC Dallas red hot. And uh, they're not quite red hot coming into this game. I mean, for anyone paying attention, they've lost two out of three. And now they're coming off a blowout loss. And the one player you mentioned that probably isn't going to play this weekend is their most important player, Mauro Diaz. Mar Diaz hurt. No one knows exactly what the injury is. Apparently, it's not as serious as people thought it would be. But he is injured, and he is going to miss this game. So right there, you're talking about Mar Diaz, Michelle, Zach Lloyd, Kellen Acosta. All of a sudden, I mean, coming into this game, you're coming. They've lost two out of three. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it, they're not quite red hot, folks. Uh, the Red Bulls, on the other hand, are coming in on a good run. They, they're, they're, they've they're unbeaten in their last three. 
they got the two big wins at home, and then they got the the impressive draw in in Columbus, and they're going to come in with some confidence. And I will tell you what, if FC Dallas doesn't have Mar Diaz, it's going to be tough for them. They rely so much on his creativity, mm-hmm. and to not have him or Michelle's set pieces, I mean, all of a sudden, where's your offense? Where's your offense coming from? Who's going to get Blas Perez the ball? So for me, I think the Red Bulls are primed for an, a, a win, and it's not enough. It wouldn't be an upset. It wouldn't be an upset no, because no. of all these things. All these things we just talked about. So if you're paying attention and you know all the all these things going on, you can't say that the Dallas should roll. Could they still pull it off? Sure, because you know the Red Bulls on the road through the years they've been a little hit or miss. But at the same time, if Tim Cahill can can play in this game, can he, if he can start in this game? Uh, I, I like their chances because I, I feel like with Bradley Wright Phillips playing really well, uh, Luis Robles killing it right now. One of the best has been, I think, only Ramondo and, and now Ramondo finally had a, a bad week. I think, I think him and Ramondo are, are kind of the you know one and one a for for goalkeeper of the year right now. Um, they're, they're on a roll, so I like their chances to go in there and to get the win in Dallas. Wait, did, did I say FC Dallas is red hot? I meant New York is hot. No, you said New York was hot. Okay. You did say. Okay. What, I was, saying, what sure. I was saying is that, uh, I, you know, some other people were, were trying to say that FC Dallas is red hot or, 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 or this is like the best FC Dallas team ever. And it's like, uh, FC, actually, FC Dallas last year had a similar out, oh, pretty in, impressive start. So this is nothing new, right? So it's nothing new. And they're also not necessarily hot. If they've lost two out of three, they're going to be missing a handful of key key mm-hmm. players on, on, on in this game. So... It, they're vulnerable here, and and this is this is a match where Oscar Pereira is going to earn his money because if he doesn't have Diaz, he's he I don't you know he's he's out, he already he's missing two fullbacks in Lloyd and Costa. All of a sudden they went they went from having one too many to now they have to deputize someone at right back. Um, you know what? They're vulnerable. They're vulnerable. So I'll tell you what. I like the Red Bulls to win this game. I, I agree with you on that one too. I mean, plus the other thing too is you know you're going to have some people going to be like, oh, well, you know, FC Dallas was down a man last week. That's why they lost to DC. Well, okay. You, I mean, down a man. Regardless, you shouldn't let four goals in. I mean, you know, three in the second half. I mean, regardless of what team you are, Dallas man, not playing good well, right now. Well, well, here's the thing, right? So I mean, it, it, I mean that's a fair point. They were winning before the red card, so you can say okay. When the, it was 11-on-11, 11 11, they were ahead in that game. My, the reason I like you know, the Red Bulls in this game is partly because of how well the Red Bulls are playing mm-hmm. and also because how important Moro Diaz has been for them. Yep, He has been there driving. He's been kind of the cog of their, their attack, and he has really helped spark them. And without him there and Michelle, Michelle too. Michelle, I mean, let's not forget Michelle and his set pieces, uh, how, how important they've been. So they're two most important attacking elements aren't going to be there. So, you know, you can have Blas Perez, you can have Fabian Castillo, but those guys rely on someone getting them the ball. David, David Teixeira as well. Uh, who's going to get him the ball? So that's going to be the, that's going to be the question for Oscar Pereja. Who, who's, who plays the role of playmaker? Does he drop Blas Perez and have Perez uh, do his Terry Amri impression and try to distribute? Uh, you know, that, that's going to be the question. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Oscar Pereja does. And I'm also looking forward to see how the Red Bulls uh, go after FC Dallas, knowing the players that they're missing. In the Eastern Conference, Sporting Kansas City Ivis is going to be looking to rebound for their loss last week against the New England Revolution. They'll be taking on the Columbus Crew. Same kind of issue for Sporting Kansas City in this one. They're at home. Uh, also, uh, Dallas's matches on Sunday. This match is on Sunday, too. So Sporting Kansas City... Definitely could use some home cooking. The biggest issue for them, though, Ivis, they have three guys out of this game. 
Arian Collin, Sal Zizou, and CJ Sapong. I mean, look, when Collin, I mean, obviously, you know what type of impact he has, but this is another game. I mean, Sporting Kansas City is really difficult to make up for the loss of these three guys. Columbus, they could also go in and steal some points of this one. Well, uh, to be fair, grouping those three guys together isn't quite, you know, it's like one of these things is not like the other. One, CJ Sapong, look, good player. They have forwards. They have plenty of forwards. Sal Zizo, he isn't going to make or break them. However, Aurelian Cullen is a huge absence, and it's a huge loss because Aiko Parra is out for the year. Now, they ha- when Aiko Parra is healthy, you have your capable third center back to come in and, and play for whether Beasler you're giving Beasler a rest or whether you or whether you're for whatever reason you're, you're benching Cullen. But now without Opara and Cullen, that's that's big. That's a big one for them. So, you know, you want to see how Peter Vermees juggles that defense around now. And, you know, obviously it's going to be up to Matt Beasler to keep things organized there and pick up the slack. Uh, the other guys, it's, I, honestly, I don't think it's the, for the other guys it's going gonna, it's gonna to be as big of a deal because I think they have other options at those positions. Center back, however, that's a big one. And when you're talking about Columbus and, uh, you know, Federico Higuain and the magic that he can weave, uh, you know, it's, it's not the game where you want to just – kind of be slapping together a back line. No, that's true, especially with the way Columbus is playing under Greg Berhalter, where we're seeing the fullbacks get up a lot, get up. I mean, lots of possession from them. I mean, Columbus, Ivis, I mean, dude, huge opportunity to take three points. Do you think they can? Um, that's a tough one. Cause you know what? They're still in Kansas city and Casey is a tough place to play. Peter Ramiz is a very good coach. So from that standpoint, even without Colin and even with, you know, obviously they're missing Opara, uh, it's hard for me to bet against Peter Vermees and Casey at home. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a draw. I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. Uh, we're going to see some goals. I don't think Casey's defense is going to be as stingy as they normally are. But I think they'll do enough to get a draw. And if you tell them, if you're asking me who I think wins the game, I think Casey still will find a way to win. But I for personally, I'll say draw. I'm going to go with uh, Columbus in this game. I'm back to going predictions on for just for today's show only. So I'll go with Columbus <laughs> in this one. All right, there you go. Yeah, uh, Federico Higuain with the hat trick. I was time to move on. Uh, over in the West, Portland is going to be hosting the Red Hot. I just said that the Red Hot DC United Horn a five match unbeaten streak. Portland, I was looking for anything, looking for some positives uh, in any match at all. Is this a chance for them to rebound and shut down DC United? Well, you know what I tell you, I feel like a broken record because I've said I've been saying it for a few weeks now. Uh, you know, this is the week. This is the week they're gonna you know put it together. This is the week they're gonna figure things out. And uh, and I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it again. I think I think they're gonna you know they're gonna get it done. I, I, I think. Look, no, nothing against DC. DC impressed me obviously last last week. Uh, taking full advantage mm-hmm. of FC Dallas's inability to play a man down, and they ripped them to shreds. Fabian Espinosa looked look really good, um, but you know what? Having said that, Portland needs a win, and I think they get a win. I, I, I just think I think they're gonna. I think the matchup works well for them. I, I think they have the speed to cause DC some problems. The uh, DC's backline some problems, and I'm gonna go Portland. I'm gonna say Portland gets off the Schneid. Uh, everyone can. Everyone finally relaxes in, in Portland. I mean, you're, uh, you know, it's funny to have people actually asking about Caleb Porter and is he going to get fired? And I'm like, really? Are you guys kidding me? I mean, it's 
it's been six weeks into the season, seven. Well, it's week nine now, but eight weeks total. Um, and and you want to fire the guy <laughs> like after he you know had finished first in the West last year, like. Uh, and I, I feel like people have really short memories because you know as bad as Portland was, just you know before Portland got before Porter got there, I mean you're gonna dump the guy after a bad you know a bad stretch of games. Like I think they'll be all right. I think they're gonna win this game. Uh, I think uh, Valerian Nagby worked their magic against that DC defense. Yeah, well, I mean Portland has all the tools, and that's the one thing that's kind of been interesting. I mean. Where is the problem? Where is the blame? I mean, is it on the forwards? Is it on the midfield? I mean, is it is it fair to put it on Caleb Porter, or is it just a hey, the team's just not playing well right now? Well, I feel like every week it's something different. Uh, you know, some weeks the finishing is not there. Other weeks the the, the defense is making bad mistakes. Other weeks the midfield isn't quite uh, you know producing or, or or controlling the game like they're used to. So I think that's been the issue for them. They haven't been able to put it together as a full unit and that's why they've had some draws and that's why they've had some close games that they ended up falling short in i mean perfect example the real real salt lake game i mean you could say they played well enough to win that game nick romando stood on his head put on the superman cape and then the timbers defense has that breakdown and ned grabavoy scores the goal what ended up being the winner now you look at that game they could have won that game they probably should have won that game but they didn't so those are the kind of things they need to turn around they need to have the complete team performance they have not had that yet. So is this the game where they can put it all together? I think it will be, and I, I think it has to come at a certain point because you know what? Uh, 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 they, you hear the saying, uh, "You don't, you can, they don't fire the players." But I tell you what, if the team doesn't figure these things out and doesn't start turning things around, I'm pretty sure Caleb Porter is going to have have the the freedom to go make some purchases in the summer, make some changes, maybe get rid of some players because you know they're not going to stand by. And let the season completely get away from them. And again, it's MLS. And even with a bad first mm-hmm. eight weeks, you still have a chance. You can still turn things around. Uh, and they absolutely still can. I mean, they they have quality in that team. A lot of these results, they could have easily won. A lot of these games, uh, you know, you look at the games and you could have said, oh, they played well enough to win that game. So it's not a case of, oh, they've been terrible. They played badly. Uh, they've played well, but they just haven't gotten the results. So we'll see what happens against D.C., I think that's going to be a big one, a big telltale sign. I think Portland fans have been pretty patient, even except for a few who are already on the ledge. But if they lose the D.C. Yeah. at home, it, then uh, then the alarm bells, I think, are going to really start to be ringing. Yeah, could you imagine if D.C. goes in there and puts up like a three spot on Portland? So, oh, oh, come on. Geez. Relax, relax, relax. That's not happening. <laughs> Unless there's a red card, because apparently with a red card. Apparently anybody in MLS that gets a red card, their team completely collapses. Yeah, no they, they lose by like no one knows how to yeah, multiple it. goals. It's just, yeah, it's <laughs> Portland. Portland win though. Portland will win this game. Nothing against DC. They, I think they they've obviously shown improvement. This is a different year for them, but it's not easy. The track record we know: East East Coast teams traveling west. It's not easy getting results out it's there. True. It's not easy winning games out there. And when you're talking about a desperate team like Portland. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to get to finally get that uh, monkey off their back and get that W. I agree. As much as I would love to pick against you, so I could just you know rub it in your face on Sunday night and record the show, I'll go with Portland. Uh. <laughs> I, I, th- yeah. I, I know. I agree. Portland should should take should is the keyword. Take care of business. Heading up the coast a little bit, going up to Seattle. They will be hosting the Philadelphia Union. Seattle, look, what is there to say? The red hot right now. 
everything's working out for them. Clint Dempsey was the SBI Player of the Month. I mean, that's by far the best award you could ever get. Well, he's um, everybody's Player of the Month. He's, well, yeah, but the Al, SBI, he's Al, the, the, he's Al Jazeera's Player dude, of the Month. The, yeah, but the, S, the SBI Team of the Month is way more. Carry, that's more weight. I mean, that's more pr- pr- prestigious award. Come on, let, let's well, face it here. I, it is, but at the same time, I think anybody would have picked them. I mean, there wasn't. It was not a question uh, this month. I mean, the, the crazy stat that I came up with uh, was. He scored more goals than 16 of the other 18 teams in the league. The only teams he didn't score more goals than are New York and D.C. The other 16 teams in the league, he scored more goals by himself in April. And that's crazy. So it just shows you the monster. You know, he he scored seven goals, two assists. Seven goals and two assists is a pretty good year for a lot of players. And he did it in a month. So, you know, he's on fire. No question about it. And it's not just him. Him and Obafemi Martins, they're playing extremely well. Uh, so, you know, you look at this game and you look at Philly. And Philly's in a world of hurt. Philly, uh, it's well, almost like a death walk with them. At jo- John Hackworth, is, he's coaching for his job at this point. Well, you know, I, I, like I said in the last show, when you look at the stretch of games that they have, it is like a murderer's row of opponents for them. So, you know, if he... If he is, and and I do agree with you, I think he is coaching for his job in this stretch of games. Uh, he's got to get some wins here. He's got to get. I mean, let's run it down one more time. The next five games: Seattle at Seattle versus DC. Uh, yeah, Seattle, DC, KC, no, uh, New England, and then the Galaxy. I mean, there isn't an easy game in the bunch there. I mean, DC. You could say, oh, you know, they're, they're not one of the top teams, but still, they, they've been an improved team. And even New England, uh, New England and, and, and Philly usually have pretty good battles. So they, as I said the last show, they need to get three wins out of that, those five. They really, I, I think, uh, whether it's three wins or what's the, it's come up with a point totals, eight points. They need eight points from those five, uh, in my opinion, for Hackworth to, to keep his job. And, and if, you know what, if they lose a few in a row here, if they let's say they lose the next three in a row, right? Let's mm-hmm. just say hypothetically, they lose to Seattle, they lose to DC, they lose to KC. Uh, what do you do? What do you do? And and yeah, I, it, it's not a pretty picture right now. And you know what? I, I think Hackworth, he's he's he's. We'll see what he can do with this group because I feel like he did a good job. I feel like he he and Rob Vartusian did a really good job of putting together this roster and mm-hmm. and over overcoming. The issues that, uh, of the past regime, as far as the, the salary cap being a mess, uh, getting you know unloading Freddie Adu's big contract last year, uh, everything that they had to do to kind of transform things and set the team up to have a good year, they they took all those steps necessary. They they put a good team together, but the results haven't been there, and the and the performances haven't been there. The quality hasn't been there. Well, it's just and, it's just countless mistakes that the team makes week after week. It just right. seems and to be the same I'm stuff. Co- mental lapses on defense. Well, that's the thing. When a, when a team keeps making the same mistakes, a coach has to, at a certain point, start feeling heat for that. And and you know, the, yes, the players do need to play. The players do need to, uh, you know, they they're pros. They got to you know figure these things out. But the coach is usually going to be the guy to pay the price for that. And and for that reason, Hackworth's in a lot of trouble. And I really do think uh, when you're looking at the landscape of the league right now, I mean, I think Frank Klobis before last week, a lot of people would have pegged him mm-hmm. to be the guy in the most danger. But he just beat John Hackworth's team. So I think now the, that title is transferred over to Hackworth and, and, and the pressure is absolutely on. 
well, I guess the the one silver lining for Philadelphia is is that Seattle does give up goals. They haven't had a shutout in in a considerable. They've only they only had one shutout, and that was against Montreal. I'm I'm sorry, two shutouts. Excuse me. The last shutout was March 23rd against the Montreal Impact. So for Philadelphia, Seattle does give us some goals. So I'll, I'll give that maybe you know some silver lining to Philadelphia, but Seattle should still win though, regardless. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to make it easy for Philadelphia fans. I, I don't I, want them to think that we're you know just I, you know crapping on them. I don't know anyone who would not pick them. Anyone outside of Seattle? No, I agree. Uh, I was heading over to the East. Toronto FC is hosting the New England Revolution. Toronto on a two-match uh, winless streak, but but that they, that should end this weekend because guess what? Michael Bradley looks like he should be back. Jermaine Defoe. Looks like he should be back, and as we know with Toronto, when Michael Bradley and Jermaine Defoe are in, they're a much deadlier team than without them. And with those guys in at home, they have a very good chance to defeat the New England Revolution and get back on track. Well, look, if Jermaine Defoe plays in this game, if he starts in this game, if he's healthy enough to start, and you have a healthy Bradley and healthy Defoe, in Toronto, you have to like the chances to beat New England. As much as New England is on a nice little run now, uh, 2-0-1 in their last three, till Bunbury's coming off that big winner, against his former team. But I think them trap them away from home, not always a, a easy proposition. Obviously, yes, I know they they had the result in San Jose a while back, but I think Toronto is a different different animal. Uh, to, uh, a healthy Toronto, for me, is one of the best teams in the league. And, mm-hmm. and now that they've gotten their two big, uh, you know, multi-million dollar DPs back on the field, uh, they're going to be tough to beat, and I think Toronto's going to win that game. Yeah, Jermaine Defoe says he's ready to go, saying that he's a hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, obviously having him, I mean, we, we've seen what what uh, 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 Toronto can do with their midfield, and I mean, look, big opportunity for them to one stop this this two match uh, winless streak that they're on. Uh, some other games, Ivis Vancouver. At home, taking on the San Jose Earthquakes. Look, at home, you got to go with Pride Vancouver this one. Yeah, I'd say so. I think I think that's a, I think they're a pretty safe bet. San Jose, even though they did get the win, it, it wasn't like a beautiful game. It wasn't a great, great performance. Chivas USA looked really bad in that game. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think Vancouver has looked pretty good at home uh, against some tough opponents. Uh, they've looked good at, home or away against some pretty tough opponents. Uh, their last two games, they got draws against LA and RSL. That that's that's a nice little run right there. As far as you know, ha- getting a point off of those teams is an accomplishment. So, I think going up against a weaker San Jose team, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to. I think they're going to. They have. I'm not going to say they're going to run up. San Jose defense is, is good enough to keep that from happening, but I still think Vancouver wins this game handily. Uh, another game, Chicago Fire hosting Real Salt Lake. Chicago Fire, I guess, I mean, it's crazy to think that they've been on a six-match. Six uh, they've, they've drawn six matches in a row. They're looking for some points. Real Salt Lake, kind of a little hiccup in the, in the run, but Real Salt Lake is still undefeated. But Chicago at home, Ivis, big opportunity for them to beat Real Salt Lake. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, I, I believe Quincy Ameriqua is suspended for this game. Yes, so, he, Quincy Ameriqua is not playing in this match. So, you know, he's been really big for them. And it's funny as that, as, as that might sound, uh, no one would have said that two months ago. If Two months ago, if I would have to, uh, said that, like, oh, you know, Quincy Ameriqua is not going to play in this game, so that's big for them. Uh, but he is. He's been, you know, the he, for me, when you think at the, when you look at the month of April, even though they didn't, they don't have a win yet, uh, but during this run of draws, he's been key for them. He's got he scored in how many of these games? Uh, so they're going to miss his energy. They're going to miss his presence in the attack. And 
you know, it, it, ours, against our, when you're gonna, if you're going to beat a team like ourselves, you better have all hands on deck. And I just think without him uh, being that pest uh, against the opposing defense, I think RSL is going to be able to control that game, and I think they're going to they're going to get the road win. Uh, LA Galaxy is going to be on the road this weekend in Colorado, taking on the Rapids. As we all know, the Rapids got smoked last week by the Seattle Sounders. Uh, LA, I mean, another bye week. It's insane. They they seem to have a bye week every other week. So LA should be rested for this one. Um, I mean, I guess Colorado, LA. I mean. This is an interesting one. Could go either way. Well, here's the thing. LA, I would normally pick them in a game like this, but it's not it's not easy uh playing in Colorado. It isn't. Uh when you want to talk about the altitude, going in there, um it, it's an advantage. It's an advantage for the Rapids. So I think they're they're a definitely a different team at home. Having said that, I just like LA a lot. I just think they're so strong. They're rested. Uh I think they're going there in there and they're gonna win. I think they're they're for me, LA with the with the team that they've put together, I think they are going to be a monster this year. And you know, they, at a certain point, they're going to finally play all these games because they they have five games. That's crazy. Five, they've only played five league games. <laughs> As I'm saying, they have a bye week every other week. The Red Bulls, the Red Bulls, and the Philadelphia Union have played nine games, and so uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's a little weird how that schedule has broken out. I mean, obviously, the Champions League was a part of that uh, to kind of give them rest in that stage of things. But they're going to win. I think they're going to win. Nothing against Colorado. I know Colorado's a lot tougher at home. It's not easy to, to play in that altitude when you're a visiting team. But I just think L.A. is so good. Uh, and then and they're rested. I think they're going to come over with the win. In the final match of the weekend, Chivas USA will be hosting Houston Dynamo. Hey, I got to say, man, Chivas USA, they'll win this one and add to the Houston Dynamo's misery that they've experienced uh, going winless in their last six matches. I don't know, man. Oh, I don't know. come on, Ivis. Come come to the dark side. Well, you know, it's funny. Houston, you know, you mentioned Houston being winless in six matches. You know who's winless in seven matches? Those, Chivas are, USA. those, are, just, those are just details, dude. <laughs> well, come on, man. You, if you want to mention it about Houston, <laughs> you should probably mention it about I know. That was, that was so sneaky the way I snuck that in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You left, that, you left the fine print out. Details, but, dude. Come on. Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you what. I mean, as bad as Houston looked against New York, you know, I, I think that Portland game maybe, even though they only got a draw, I think maybe kind of help help even things out a little bit. Getting Brad Davis back is huge for them. Uh, Chivas USA, I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it anymore with that team. I know they look decent early on. I know they've been competitive in some of these games, uh, but they haven't impressed me. They really haven't impressed me these last few weeks. And you know, obviously they missed Tommy McNamara, and I feel like his energy in midfield and in the attack for them. Uh, they're mi- they're missing it, so I, I just don't see it. I, I think they're going to lose this game. I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go Houston snapping their skid by extending Chivas' skid. No, stupid. I'll go with Chivas USA. Uh, some <laughs> bad news for the Houston Dynamo, though. Tony Cassio uh, looks like he's going to be out for the season. He tore his ACL, had surgery. Uh, I'm sorry, he, he underwent surgery on the injury on Wednesday. And, uh, I mean, look, Tony Cassio is, the you know, as we all know, is the, maybe not everyone knows, but he was the first interleague loan. He's with the Colorado Rapids. Um, but for Cassio, man, a guy that was getting some playing time in, in Houston, definitely a fan favorite. And, I mean, definitely exciting player to watch. I mean, just very tough to see a young guy at 24 years old, you know, out with the whole season with, with an ACL. Well, it's big for Houston. Now, it it, it isn't going to hit them immediately. But it will hit them when you think about it. When Oscar Bonian Garcia leaves, because he's going to leave for the World Cup, and uh, 
I think part of the the appeal of Cassio, or the part of the reason to bring Cassio in uh, last winter, bring him in on loan for the season, is you knew Bonier Garcia was going to be going to Honduras uh, or going with Honduras to the World Cup. You knew there was that possibility of Brad Davis going to the World Cup, even though at this point I'd say that's not happening. Mm. Probably most likely not happening. Uh, but now, you know what? He's out for the year, and, uh, and it's a big blow. I mean, I know they still have Andrew Driver, and you know, not that he's – uh, been any any really any good this year but uh they're gonna miss Cassio. they're gonna uh, especially come june come june and july uh, you know how, however long bonia garcia's gone uh they, i mean it'll be a few games but i think that's when they're gonna miss Cassio and miss that depth that he provided in midfield oh i was moving over to the americans abroad front jurgen klinsman very active on twitter lately we talked about it on the last show it was just about timmy chandler but you know you can listen to that show if you want but he tweeted out that he's going to be taking 30 players to the World Cup camp that's going to be in Stanford. We should know about the roster in just a little bit over a week and a half. But 30 guys, Ivis, I mean, there's going to be a lot of competition for those 23 spots. Well, it's funny. Uh, I had heard from someone that he was most likely going to go with 25, 26 to 28 players in the camp, not necessarily go with the full 30. And part of that was going to be just to have a manageable group of players. But then it's funny because when I would sit down and try to come up with what the 28 would be, and I did that. I did a piece for Goal.com on kind of projecting the, the, the roster for the camp. And it was so tough, so, so tough to get down to 28 players. I mean, they, it, 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 it was funny. And at the time when I was trying to come up with that list, I thought to myself, you know, why wouldn't he, why not just bring – 29 why not just bring 30 like if you have to put together if you have to put out a preliminary roster mm-hmm. FIFA requires the World Cup teams to put out their preliminary World Cup roster on May 13th if you have to put that out there it's gonna be a little awkward if like the two guys who are on that list but aren't in the camp like are kind of in limbo like why not just bring them in right so uh from that standpoint it makes a lot of sense and and I'm sure when Klinsman thought about it, he's like, why am I going to handcuff myself or limit myself mm-hmm. have to make this really like kind of awkward decision uh, on a couple of positions? Because I tell you what, folks, I'll, I'll I'll invite anybody to do the exercise. If you try to have to come up with 28, 30 isn't easy either, but 30 is a lot easier than 28. And I think that's what probably went down. Like, I'm sure he looked at it. He, he tried to come up with who the camp would be. And then he, he found himself with some extra players. And he's like... Yeah, this is really tough. I really want to look at some of these guys. I want to look at these guys against these other guys. And instead of making the decision without having them in front of me, why don't I just bring those extra guys in? And I think he's going to, you know, now he's going to do that. And uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think, you know, who knows? Maybe though, maybe he starts to cut players in the camp before he even announces his 23. So mm-hmm. that's entirely possible. Maybe after the first week. He starts to whittle it down a bit, and I think we're going to see that. I think I think we are. Uh, you know, as far as surprises go, though, I don't know if there's going to be any surprises. And and you know, I, I would put it like this: anyone who's casually following the national team might be surprised when they hear a Tim Chandler or Tim Ream uh, part of that thirty. But I tell you what: if you're paying attention, Tim Ream is coming off a very good season at Bolton. He was just named player. He he swept their player the player of the year awards. Uh, you know, not to steal the Americans yeah, abroad thunder. Yeah, you got you to you got to steal my lead. What's your problem, man? Nah, hey, listen, this is to support this this point. But yes, Tim Ream swept the Player of the Year awards at Bolton. Mm-hmm. Timmy Chandler has you know he he came as we talked about last show. He made his return 
from from his torn meniscus. Jurgen Klinsmann tweeted about it, so Jurgen has clearly got his eye on Chandler. Uh, both those guys absolutely could, and for me, I think they should be on this on this camp squad. So uh, surprises on the thirty, I don't think they're going to be any surprises. But what it is going to be is a little. There's going there's going to be some shock from some people who haven't been paying attention because there are going to be some really good names left out. And it, it, it's going to be crazy because we haven't had this kind of depth before. I mean, when I think of past camps, past pre-World Cup camps, a lot of times there'd be a couple of extra guys who would be part of the camp that you're kind of like, man, like, why is this guy here? Like, it, And it's just because there wasn't much depth. Uh, so that it was rare where you'd have a camp and you'd, and you'd have players that you're like, man, how in the world did this guy not even get to this camp? I can't remember that ever happening in my long time covering this team i do not remember that happening this time around that is absolutely going to happen because you're going to have a couple guys that most people would have put money on at least being part of the camp oh definitely i mean we're always gonna we're gonna have a discussion is you know how did this guy not go to brazil and all that well speaking of guys who are going to well, camp that's a whole other, that's yeah a whole we, other. We, we we could talk the about this next roster week. that when that comes out that's that's going to be. There, we can spend. Some, we can spend two hours. Two hour show on that. That's yeah. There's going to be. There's <laughs> a lot. There's you know what? Because every lot. Every, everyone has favorites. Every, every every everyone has players that they like. Everyone has players they don't like. And I can tell you what that when that twenty three comes out, they're going to be shocked. People who are just just gutted at at the fact that the players that they love didn't make the cut, or shocked because players that they hate or players that they absolutely don't rate. Uh, somehow, ma- you know, make the cut, and it it it, it just it, it makes me laugh every time how how worked up people get whenever you start mentioning guys that people don't like. Oguchio Yewu. I mean, all I do is mention him as being on the radar, and I get tweets galore from people like, "How can you mention him? He's terrible." I, like the guy just started against Ukraine. He just started. How is he not on the radar? He just started against Ukraine. I'm not saying the guy's the answer. I'm not even saying he's gonna make it to the camp. I didn't even project him. When I did my projected squad uh, for the camp, I didn't put him on the team. But he's on the radar. Like, how do you deny that? So, like, I, I think that stuff, uh, it always makes me laugh. Because I feel like people will make that argument because they they don't want, they, for their lives, don't want these certain players to be part of the setup. So, for them, it's just irrational for them to even be, be even mentioned. Oh, I agree. It's funny to... <laughs> Some of the comments on your website. Someone went to, someone was like, like Anya was a cat. He has nine lives. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's, well, we'll see. We'll see. If it, you got you know to keep these guys on the radar because, look, knock on wood, you don't know what's going to happen to Matt Beasley or Omar Gonzalez. I mean, there could be an injury, and, and you have to have this depth just in case. Right. I mean, like I said, I don't think he's going to make it. I don't have him going to the World Cup. I don't even have him going to the camp in Stanford. But he he's someone Klinsman is considering. Mm-hmm. He's someone Klinsman is looking at. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I find it funny, and, and and it's not even just a guy like Onyewu who I understand why some people are really down on him because a lot of times, a lot of times, you have fans who base their opinions of play on of players on the last time they saw that player. So that player could do a million things since that time, but if they haven't seen them since. That's their lingering memory, and that's the player they remember. Well, like like Clint Dempsey, I'm sure everyone who's not paying attention to MLS is going to sit there and say, "Oh, you know, he looked horrible for the U.S. and blah blah blah." But have you have you seen how he's doing right now? 
Well, to, I mean, for me, Tim Reams is a better example because Bolton doesn't play on American television. The league championship, you get, you're lucky if you get a game a week on uh, on uh, being sport league championship game. You just don't see Bolton play. So he's been out of the. He hasn't played for the national team in two and a half years. Two and a half years, he went. He was sold to Bolton. Uh, you know, a, after that, after he stopped playing for the U.S. And he's been out of sight, out of mind for most U.S. fans for the better part of two years or, you know, yeah, two years pretty much. So because the the lasting memory some people have of Tim Ream is him crapping the bed in the 2011 Gold Cup and giving up the, giving up a goal in his last appearance against Ecuador at Red Bull Arena. I still remember that. It was crazy because he had had a rough run before that and then he goes in and he gets a chance and he gives up it was like it was like it was it was sad and and comedic at the same time that here's a guy who absolutely needed to have a moment there and ends up and having a, he ends up having a nightmare moment so that's what people remember so for some people they that's who he will always be never mind that he's gotten his game together never mind that he's become a important player at Bolton and was their player of the year this year that doesn't seem to matter because you know what some people look at the league championship they don't know what to think of it they just think oh it's second division it must be terrible meanwhile if you look at the rosters in the second division uh and you look at the you spread the top half of that division like the quality there is i would say league championship is better than MLS i would say that like if you look at the qualities that those teams have i mean there's more money there there is more money spent. There is more quality in the league championship than there is in MLS. But guess what? A lot of people don't see the league championship. So for them, it's oh, it's second division in England. That's you know whatever's happening there. That doesn't. That's not a barometer of how good he is because that league that's just second division. Like, listen, folks, league championship better than MLS. I, I'll put that out there. It's not by like a huge margin, but it is. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know keep it real for you people who maybe don't know how to equate the league championship. But it is a very good league, and Tim Ream's done well there, and clearly Klinsman's paid attention. Klinsman called him up in August, and now he called him up against in 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 uh, for the Ukraine match. Unfortunately for Ream, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, Ream had the birth of his first child. He couldn't make the game. He chose to stay home. You can't, you know, who's going to begrudge him for that? So he, but getting back to the point, to rein it in, mm-hmm. people haven't seen Ream. A lot of people haven't seen Ream play. So they remember Reem, the mistake-prone center back, even though it was two and a half years ago. And that, and for me, that just makes me laugh. Like, listen, folks, how about you read, uh, read up on these guys? How about you, like, you know, there's this thing called the internet. You can you can read about Tim Reem and how he's doing in England. You can find it, click the Bolton News. There's all the they, you know, they write a ton of stuff about Stuart Holden, and people find that. But you can find reports on on Tim Reem and how well he's doing. You can find reports on, on on pretty much anyone playing a league championship if you look hard enough. So back to that point. It's just funny how people, that's their lasting memory. Whatever the last thing they saw, never mind everything else in between, the last time they saw a player, that's their lingering memory. Very very well said, Ivis. I don't know if that counts as a soapbox rant. I think that counts as soapbox rants. But, but getting back to the point, <laughs> as you mentioned, Tim Reen was named Bolton Player of the Year. He also picked up uh, another one, too. He won Supporters Association Player of the Year. So he picked up double awards there uh, for, for Bolton, who finished you know mid-table in the league championship. Nothing more to say about Tim Ream. Time to move on, talk about someone else. John Brooks, Ivis. I mean, just like that, things are going well for him. Named Player of the Week in the Bundesliga. I think everyone should get back tattoos. I don't know. I think everyone yeah, right? on the U.S. team 
should go to Brooks's tattoo or to tattoo guy. And uh, Fabian Johnson, he's in Germany. He should go get the ta- the back tattoo. Everyone should get one because uh, obviously it's worked out for Brooks. But yeah, no, that's the, you, you love to see that. Uh, that's big for him, especially you know what he's been through. He's been through. It hasn't been an easy 2014 for him. The guy was clearly in a doghouse. He had to deal with injuries, and he's a young player. You know, it's not you know when you, you when you're talking about a young player, you know, as good as they can be and talented as they as talented as they can be, uh, from a mental standpoint, emotional standpoint. You know, he's going through adversity probably the first time in his career, and you got to give him credit. He's handled it well. He's come through that, and now he's back. He's got he's gotten his starting job back, and he's going into the World Cup camp with some momentum. And, I, you know, for me, he'll be there. And for me, he has a chance to make the World Cup team. I don't know if I put him on there just yet, but he absolutely has a chance. Also, Ivis, uh, Timmy Chandler, things are continuing to look up for him. Uh, Stuttgart is interested in bringing him over. It's pretty big news. Right. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to be interest in him. Uh, you're talking about a young, young fullback who I thought was really coming into his own before the injury. Uh, it's funny because I got into it with someone on Twitter this week who was kind of bashing on him and how he's inconsistent and he's not good. And I was just like, oh, man, like it's just it just makes me laugh sometimes how people can just ignore kind of things right in front of them and it's like it, it, he was 23 he's 23 when he got hurt 23 year old in the Bundesliga you know he had his ups and downs but he was really coming into his own and then he got injured and you can't ignore that you have to look at that and say hey here's a guy maybe who was figuring these things out and obviously opposing and scouts have been paying attention and I guarantee you he will be for me for my money he will be playing in the Bundesliga again next year whether or not Nuremberg gets demoted and they still ha- gets relegated, they're still, uh, you know, they still have a chance to escape relegation. And, uh, you know, they have a f- couple of games left and hopefully Tim Chandler can play a part in those. I think it's going to be important for him to, to get some minutes. He only played 45 in his return. Uh, if you're Jurgen Klinsman, you're going to want to see him get 60, 65, 70 minutes in this next game, maybe get up to 90 for the last game of the season. And who knows, maybe they'll have to, play a promotion uh, promotion playoff match uh, for those who don't follow the Bundesliga. Uh, the team that finishes third from bottom uh, plays the team in the Bundesliga 2 that finishes third from top in, the, in a promotion playoff uh, series match where the winner stays, the winner's in the Bundesliga, the loser goes down. So, uh, you know, Nuremberg could, could potentially be in that same situation. I believe they were in that same situation last year and they, and they came through. So wait, was I don't know now. Now I'm thinking it might have been it might have actually been Fabian Johnson that went through that last year. But it is an interesting thing that, and who knows, it might actually work in in Chandler's favor if if it, it'll get him even more, uh, you know, more playing time before he he goes to the camp. And yes, folks, I think he will be at the camp. I know some people are they're shaking their heads and going back to my point about the lasting memory being what people think of a player. He played in that. That, that nightmare San Pedro Sula loss in World Cup qualifying in February of 2013. Awful game for him. Yes, nobody's denying he had a really bad game. Mm-hmm. But so did everybody on the U.S. team. No one played well that day, right? Omar Gonzalez didn't play well. Jermaine Jones, Fabian Johnson, like a lot of guys did not play well that game. But people remember Chandler really being bad that game. And I get it, folks. He hasn't been part of the camp, uh, part of the national team setup for more than a year absolutely understandable that you're looking at it like mm, is he good enough is he ready i say is ready i remember the guy before that honduras game 
going back to 2011 when he showed so well, and I think he's a, he, he when he's healthy, when he's on form, I still say he's one of the best right back options you could find in the pool. Question is, is he healthy? Is he going to be healthy enough? Is he going to be fit enough? And if he is, I think he's going to be right there. Uh, moving it down to lower division news in America. Uh, last week, I happened to be in the same room as uh, USO Pro Commissioner Tim Holt, and he said that, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you would have known this, but he said a new team west of the Mississippi was going to be announced. That came out this week. There's a new USO Pro team in St. Louis, Ivis. Yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, you're, you're talking about a market that, for the longest time now, people have wanted to see get an MLS team. And obviously, we, as we've said it over and over, they, you know, they need the deep pockets. They need that owner. They need their own Arthur Blank to kind of step up and have that financial uh, backing to, to get a team in St. Louis. They haven't been able to put that together. But you know what? This I think this is a positive step. You want to see how St. Louis responds to having a team there. And if it does well, then who knows? It bodes well for the future when you want to talk about potential expansion into MLS down the road. But again, this consider it a start. Considering consider it an opportunity for a soccer city uh, to really show what they can do with a team. The fan base already looks like it's there too. I mean, their supporters group has a huge following on Twitter, and I mean, hopefully, hopefully this works out for St. Louis. Man, it could be another great spot for another USL Pro team. Oh yeah, I mean, I know they have great fans there. Uh, just from my travels along the, you know, covering the U.S. national team, uh, some of the some of the best people, some of the coolest people that I've met uh, in my travels and in my uh, attendance at various uh, parties, I've met a lot of uh, folks from St. Louis. Uh, some great people there, so I know that they have some good fans there, and and I hope they, I hope they do well with that USL Pro team, and hopefully it leads to bigger and better things. Yeah, well, Ivis, that wraps up today's SBI show. It's a little late one. For, actually, it's not too late. It's pretty early. For nah, we're, we're nah, we're okay. This is this is early. This is late for every. This is late for like ninety eight percent of the population, but we're in that two percent that uh, this is not that late. Well, I am anyway. That this is not that late for. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, before you crap up, I mean wrap up. Excuse me. I meant to say wrap up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any anything else we need to talk about? I don't know. I feel like we should have one of those head to head Q and A's again, man. I don't know. I think people love that. Random? Do you want to do? I don't know. Do you want to do one for the show? Uh, yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Two well, questions. Uh, you always put me on the spot. I, I got to think of this stuff. You got to be able to think on your feet, my man. Come on. Well, I'm not good at that stuff. You know that. <laughs> you got to work on it, man. That's how you get better. Well, then why, why don't you go first if you have something? Why don't I go first? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. If you could go back in time and relive any year of your life, what year would it be? Um, I would go back to the Bahamas. Really? Oh, yeah. Were you there for a whole year? Well, no, I was there for 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 four uh, five months, but it was a good five months. <laughs> nice. We'll just, nice. We'll just <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the Bahamas stays in the Bahamas. Yeah, this, these, these are these, as you know, you've hung out with me. It's, those stories are, are are bar stories. They're not SBI show stories. <laughs> yes, folks. So think about that when uh, when we're in Portland for the uh, MLS All Star Game. Uh, maybe you guys can. Meet up with us and get some of those stories out of Garrett. Damn it, that's a good question you just asked me. I can't ask you that same one. Um, well, you, you could add. You could add. It's fine. Okay, you fine. Guys, same question. It doesn't back count. To... It doesn't. It doesn't count as one of your two, though. Okay, fine. It's the same question back to you. Okay, I'll think of something while, while you talk. Huh? You know, it's funny. I hadn't. I, I that 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 question just popped into my head. I hadn't even 
plan that at all. Um, that's a good one, man. Uh, you know what? If I had to relive a year over again, I would say my uh, I, I would go 2000 and it's a tough one, man. It's a tough because there's <laughs> my senior year of college, which is pretty great. Um, and also 2002 was great. 2002, the World Cup in South Korea. I would love to relive that experience. Uh, and also, you know, that, I mean, that year I also covered my first MLS cup, mm-hmm. uh, and I've covered, I believe 14 in a row since then. And that first one was at, uh, Gillette stadium or whatever it was called then CMGI field, maybe whatever in Foxborough, uh, LA galaxy beat new England and, uh, uh Carlos Ruiz scoring the winner, scoring it on, <laughs> unfortunately my homeboy now, it's funny how the world spins in Brown, uh, who was the goalkeeper for New England then. And uh, that New England team had Taylor Twelman on it as well, uh, interestingly enough. And that L.A. team had Alexi Lalas on it. So how about how about that? When you think about that, that MLS Cup, you had Taylor Twelman on one side, Alexi Lalas on the other, and now they're partners in crime on ESPN. Uh, it's pretty funny how that, that works out. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was a really good year, 2002. I, I would say uh, from that standpoint, yeah. That just to go, just to have the chance again to go to South Korea and, and experience that, and uh, that you know, for all the World Cups, that was probably the most fun. I mean, seeing USA beat Portugal, USA beat Mexico, the the South Korea game in that eighty thousand seat stadium in South Korea, and the South Korea is going crazy, un- unveiling the absolute biggest flag I've ever seen in my life. The South Korean flag they put they unfurled that day. Uh, I mean. That was a good year. That was a very good year. And also, I believe uh, Shaq, uh, Shaq won his first NBA title. And I'm, I'm a huge Shaquille O'Neal fan, one of uh, my favorite athletes of all time, maybe my favorite athlete of all time. Uh, so he won. He, you know, he won his. That wasn't his first, but he won that year. Uh, and that was that, that that another just another capper. So there you go. 2002. Oh, okay, fine. All right, I got a question for you. Other than soccer, what's what's your next favorite sport? Well, presently. I would say it's uh, it's MMA. It's actually mixed martial arts because uh, what the funny thing about it is when I was gr- growing up and and you know high school, college, all the way up to before I started covering soccer, fo- uh, football was my favorite. American football was my favorite sport. I played it. I played in college. Played in high school. Uh, and I mean, I was one of these guys that would follow the NFL draft like religiously. Like I would study it. Like I was taking a class, like leading in the weeks leading up to it. I knew every every like I knew who the fourth rated fullback was. I I mean I watched every minute of the draft. I was a hardcore NFL fan, uh, and I also liked the NBA a lot. So I was an NFL NBA guy, and uh, you know being having the Peruvian family, the Peruvian background. Uh, you know, soccer was kind of in my in my life, but it wasn't like it, it didn't have my attention. And then when I was in college, obviously things changed a bit. Uh, covering soccer in college and getting to know a lot of the soccer guys in college and that kind of really and then obviously 94 World Cup so all that got the soccer going and then my first newspaper job from there it all it all every all the magic happened and and, I've, and now soccer took over my life so soccer pretty much forced football basketball and baseball out of my life because I just don't have time to watch those things because I'm watching soccer as much as possible like day and night seven days a week. You name the league, I'm, I, I'm watching it and trying to study, trying to learn. And that's what I try to explain to people like, uh, you know, I've spent the last, how many years is it? 17 years 
trying to learn the game as much as possible, trying to study the game as much as possible. And in that process, all these other sports fell by the wayside. And in their place have come MMA and boxing. And the reason those sports have come in, stepped into their place, A, they're, they're great. For me, they're great to watch. And B, they're the kind of sports you don't have to be up on every single day, right? You mm-hmm. don't have to, like, be keeping track of results every day and every week. You can kind of, you know, ignore them and then pick them up when you, need, when you want to. And uh, because, you know, they, they only have fights every, you know, every, every other week or maybe every week, you know, when it's busy. So it's just really kind of captured me, uh, captured my attention. So I'd say MMA. I'd say and, and obviously UFC. So I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty hardcore UFC fan, as, as I think most people who follow me on Twitter uh, have figured out. Okay. That's a good question. All right, that was that was pretty good. So now I got one. I need one more for you. Mm-hmm. If you could live in any other city in uh, in America and outside of America, what two cities would you live in? Uh, San Diego and Copenhagen. Nice. Copenhagen. Why San Diego. First off, I'm, as you know, I can't handle the cold. True. So I had to pick somewhere warm. And you have way too many. You have way too many boat shoes and uh, docker shorts to to move anywhere warm, anywhere cold. Exactly. So I mean, you know, Dallas would work, but the problem is the weather is so insane out there. You know, I mean, the weather could change like at any time, like in March and April. I can't do that. Houston, uh, I couldn't do there, and I don't want to go to Miami. So like that really leaves like San Diego as like the only other choice. Nice Copenhagen, huh? Copenhagen's money, man. It's the one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. Actually, I take that back. I moved to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is unbelievable. Oh, Hong Kong, nice. Hong Kong. I mean, dude, I remember like when, when I like there was a moment I was there with my two friends and like we all looked at each other. We're like, dude, like we're, we're like we're like in Hong Kong. Like you know, it's, you see pictures of it. You read, you know, you read Wikipedia, Hong Kong. You're like, like everything is made here. Yeah. Well, no, but yeah. <laughs> but like it had a moment where I was just like, where I was like, I, I never thought in my life that like I would like wake up in Hong Kong and like. And be in Hong Kong, you know. It's it's you know it's. I'm sure you're the same way when you go to international cities. You kind of have that moment of like, dude, I'm I'm actually here. You know, like you you know you heard your whole life about this place, but like you're physically there. You know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> see, me talking to you sucks because since you've been everywhere, it's yeah, like well, it's yeah, like it's yeah. like whatever to you at this point. It, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. No, no, but you know what? There's some places that it's still they take your breath away, and you're still like, wow, this is amazing. Like you know, Paris, Rome, or or French know, uh, or French or French beaches. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. So, uh, are you going to ask me the same question? I guess. Ah, uh, no. I, I got to think of something. Um, I, 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 I got to answer it. I got to answer the question. So, okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. People are going to be wondering. So, I hadn't. Uh, that's a good. You know what? I have to think about uh, if I move somewhere. I have to be able to move somewhere where I'm still kind of covering the sport. Um, and I'm going to have to go Portland. I would. I would move to Portland. <laughs> Uh, Your second family would appreciate that. <laughs> no, you were gonna say that. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, look, Portland's a perfect place to be because you're, you're you can dr- you can go to Seattle, you can go to Vancouver, uh, you could you know kind of take a you could take a flight to the West Coast as well. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and and it's an amazing city. I love the city, and it's funny because you know five years ago, if you asked me that question, I probably would have said. Uh, you know, Chicago or Miami, maybe or LA. I love LA too. I gotta say, I, I wouldn't mind LA. They have two teams there. 
you know, they they got the you know, UCLA great college program there. See, but the problem is with LA. It's like, where do you live though? That's that's the thing. If I lived in LA, I would live probably in Redondo Beach. I, I've uh, you know, I, I've had some friends who've lived there and. It just I've I've hung out there and stayed in that general vicinity. I would I would that's where I would live. I'd live in Redondo. See, that's my issue with like I I I like L.A. too. But the problem is is like I'd want to live in Newport. But like you know, if I want to go up to like L.A., I mean that's like an hour and a half drive up there with traffic. And then if you want to go to like San Clemente, I mean that's like a forty-five minute drive. Or if you want to go to Huntington, which is the next beach over. I mean, you have to plan it, but in, like then I'd want to live in Santa Monica. I mean, Pasadena's money. West Hollywood is a really well, cool scene. You, you can't be everywhere, you know. So I, I think you just want you're going to live where you think you could just enjoy spending the most time. And for me, uh, again, I always have I always think of it in the context of how how would I realistically fit it in the kind of what I do career wise. And you know, obviously, if I'm I'm cut, if I'm in L.A., I want to be near Home Depot. I want to be I'm going to be in Home Depot quite a bit. Uh, so the store, right there. you're doing a lot of, uh, home improvements. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Duke it's StubHub <laughs> Center. I'm sorry. StubHub. Well, we, funny story, funny story for you. The first time I went out to LA, uh, to, to Home Depot Center, it, it was, I'm trying to remember what MLS cup it was. It might've been the 2004 MLS cup. So I'm driving and this is, this is, yeah, this is like 2004. This is before GPS and. Uh, maybe it was 05. I can't, it was one, 04, 05, when, whatever the first year that Home, uh, Home Depot Center hosted MLS Cup. So it was before, you know, you had the smartphones that had the GPS and all that. And, and I remember driving and trying to find this stadium. And I definitely asked them, and I was like, hey, do you know where I can get to Home Depot Center? And they're like, oh, you know, you go, you go down here, you make a left, make a right, blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I listened to the guy, I followed the directions, and you know, wouldn't you know, he gave me directions to Home Depot. Like legitimately, <laughs> so I pull up and I'm like, "Where's the stadium? Where's the stadium?" I look and it's, I'm like, "This is freaking Home Depot." This freaking guy gave me directions to Home Depot, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, funny that 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 comes to mind. But yeah, no, if I, I would live in Redondo, because look, Redondo Beach, you got Manhattan Beach right there, Hermosa Beach, the chill scene at Hermosa. Uh, if you've ever hung out there at night, great that great bar scene. Uh, there's great restaurants. Manhattan Beach is amazing, obviously. Not that I could live there, uh, you know, uh, uh, afford to live there just yet, uh, or anytime uh, soon until I sell SBI. But uh, but yeah, so you know, all that area is pretty chill. So yeah, is it far as hell from West Hollywood and 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 all Santa Monica and all those? Other? Sure it is. But you know what? I, I I'd have a good enough time chilling at the beaches there. Uh, and if I had to go up north, I would just, you know, you can, you don't always have to take the, the freeways. You can take the, the side, side streets to take. So yeah, but no, LA is second. I would have to go Portland just because you got Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, all around there. Uh, I'd have to go Portland and, and internationally. That's a tough one, my man. That is a tough one. Uh, well, if I moved out of the U S I'd pretty much have to, you know, I would, I couldn't really think in the context of my current career, so I guess the question is, okay, if I came in this just filthy money and could then live anywhere I want and not have to worry about work, where would I live? I would have to say, if outside the U.S., I'd say Lima, Peru. I'd say Lima, Peru. Come on, dude. Choose something else. Why? Lima's amazing. You don't even know. Yeah, Lima that, that's has like, everything. That's like, that's like your second home. Go, go something. Uh, come, come on. on. I've been there like no, five you, No, you come on. 
I've been there five times. Okay. Or, but uh, look, they got you got beaches nearby. You got mountains. You got look how defensive you are. It's, I love the it. Food is the best food in the world. Period. I don't care what anybody says. You can all argue it. You're all wrong. Peruvian food, best in the world. Uh, but okay, outside of countries that are like my family's homeland. Yeah. Cape Town, South Africa. Okay. Nice. There you go. That that's a city that. Not many people will know about or, or, or have been lucky enough to be to go to, but I can tell you what, folks, if you ever want to go on a kind of faraway trip and, and experience a, a city, uh, Cape Town is amazing. Uh, Cape Town has it all. Cape Town has beaches, it has mountains, it has you can go to safaris, you got the nightlife. I mean, it, it, I, my my analogy for it was at the time when I was there, when I went there, when I came back from there, and I was telling people, it, it was it's like a it's like a hybrid. It's like a hybrid mm-hmm. of Miami, Chicago, and Denver. Damn. It's like if you mash those three cities and took the best parts of those three cities, and, and maybe people who, who who know Cape Town might disagree with me. That's a pretty insane mix because you got Cuban food, wind, and marijuana that's legalized. Well, not, that's that's insane. Not, well, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure you can find <laughs> Cape Town without too much of a problem. But no, I mean in the sense of you got nice beaches there, like uh, like Miami. You've got like really good nightlife there, with, with, like Chicago, and then you've got like uh, you know mountains and stuff. Yeah, obviously, Table Mountain, the the you know the one uh, unofficial wonder of the world, uh, which it, the the view from there is unbelievable, is breathtaking. Uh, but yeah, so Cape Town, I would love to go back there at some point in my life. Uh, I was able to, I was able to go there twice during the 2010 World Cup. Amazing city, amazing city. The only problem is it's too far away. It's like a twenty-hour flight. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. It's so far away. But if uh, if I ever do strike it rich, I will find a way to get back there. All right, Ivis. Well, that wraps up today's show, man. You you get some sleep, and uh, I'll talk to you on Sunday, and we will recap MLS Week Nine, and I'm sure lots of other news, including MLS expansion problems. Yeah, there's gonna be something this weekend. They're gonna find, they're gonna find a body like at a stadium site or something crazy like that. It's just, just it's just it's like a, it's a bad movie. It's like a plot of a bad movie at this point. So yeah, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, better times ahead for all three of those: uh, New York, Orlando, and Miami. I agree. All right, Davis, we'll get some sleep, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes. This is the SBS Show.